What up, Oasis Podcast? We are back. We got another topic for you. It's the same people. We're doing the same thing, but we're doing it new, new topic style. So it's Brennan, and then I got me, Ben, <laughs> and then Jaina. Jaina. Uh, her. 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 Two guys and Jaina here in the room this morning. Uh, we got a, a series sneak peek podcast for you because we're about to kick off our fall uh this sunday so hopefully this drops on tuesday and you'll have a couple days to listen to it before the series starts but if you miss it and you come into it late don't worry it's still gonna have a bunch of good stuff just about what discipleship is and all that good good jazz so uh, when it, whenever you're listening to it i think it'll be good for you uh but first we're all <clears throat> church people sitting here at the table <laughs> and most of you who listen are probably churchgoers if you're not Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We we love that you're here. But as church people, we love to do these things called sermon series. Clearly, we're, we're giving you a sermon series sneak peek in this podcast. But whether those sermon series are good or not is sometimes debatable. So I give you guys the flexibility to answer this question however you want. What is the best sermon series you've ever experienced, had, did, heard, either like it was... Honestly, some of the best preaching and like quality material, and it was life trans, and it was so good. Or it was like this church was totally trying to think outside the box, and it was like hilarious, yeah. and it was the best that way. So tattoos what? What is it? And snapbacks, snapbacks and tattoos, no, tattoos and sword fights. <laughs> Revelation series. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I can't think of like. I think there's a difference for me that comes to mind between like best preaching and teaching and mm. most formative. Okay. And okay. and sometimes that happens just based off the season of life I was in. So there was a spiritual gifts uh, sermon series that um, Pastor Steve did here at Grace Point mm. uh, 10 years ago when I was here, however long ago. How and old that, are you? What? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> 33. Um, that was one of the most formative mm. from from knowledge to practical application on the Holy Spirit's work in my life. And just the way he talked about the spiritual gifts, the way he went through uh, Corinthians and Romans and Ephesians and the giftings. It's like, for me, it just was, it was just really formative for me. I don't know why. I just remember specific examples and analogies that he used. So it's like, in that way, it was just one of the best, most memorable, because it was most formative. Like God, mm-hmm. And God was just in that season of life for me as a new follower of Jesus was just doing, was just doing work. All right. um, and then I think one of the, some of the best t- teaching, like preaching has been, the porches, uh, seven deadly sins mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job. That was a good one. Jenna, what do you think? Oh man, my head went in a lot of different directions. <laughs> <laughs> I shotgunned this question, so take it how you want. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Ben said like a serious formative one. So, um, I attended a church once, only for a couple weeks. So I didn't hear the whole series, but they did a series, and it's a common thing where they like do back to the movies or oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. they use like movies as sermon illustrations and they like do songs from the movies like in their service and stuff completely and, ignore probably all copyright rules <laughs> yeah probably <sighs> um yes but those always make me cringe a little bit because often they spend more time focusing on the movie than actually the bible <laughs> <laughs> and that was the case for the one or two sermons that i heard in this series that was like you didn't even open the Bible. Yeah. We just talked about Toy Story 3 for oh, an hour. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Isn't that like the worst so. Toy Story 2? 
Uh, Isn't that the, the one with the daycare and the the teddy bear? Yeah, but it's up there. That yeah, one is terrible. No, I liked it. that one. It was scary they at the it. end when they're like no, going into the furnace. Oh, it was good, but good. That's good yeah, biblical that's analogy for hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then redemption, salvation. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right in your moment of despair. Yeah, at the movies. I wow. or like the decades sermon series. I was a part of a church when I was in Minneapolis. It was our mother church before we planted, where he did a like a decade series and it was. Like, gave a message based off of 50s, 60s, right, all the way up to 2000s. And every week, the opening song would be a, like, famous song from that oh, decade. From that. And I was a part of the <laughs> That's hilarious. No. <laughs> I always think that's super but cringy. I don't have a really oh, good explanation say, as to why. But. Agreed. And here's what's ridiculous about it. My dad visited me once in Minneapolis. Yeah. And this is just a God thing. Visited me once, and it was in the 70s one where he would have been a young adult in the 70s mm-hmm. so it just connected he rededicated his life to jesus wow oh, wow and he's just like <laughs> so stuff like that it was like the message i kind of remember like this message is not good <laughs> and i see my dad standing when he gives this call of like dedicating your life he's like what is happening right now let's go <laughs> and so i was like just, guys right. guys in case you didn't know god moves in mysterious ways mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Uh, one of the ones that I think of, so there's a church in Sioux Falls that's a Wesleyan church called The Ransom. They did a series called Socks and Underwear, and it was, they talked about how, it was like around Christmas time. It's like socks and underwear are never the gift you want, but a lot of times it's the gift you need. Mm. Like if you ask my wife, she would say, Brennan, you always need more socks, because I, I don't care if my socks have holes in them. Like, I don't. <laughs> if they have holes on the bottom, I am still wearing them. Until they fall off my feet, I'm going to wear that pair of socks. And she disagrees, so she always gets me new socks. But it's never the thing you want, but it's always the thing you need. And mm-hmm. so, but the the funny part of it was, is if you know the statue of David, uh, you can Google it. And a Sioux Falls, has <laughs> I know it intimately. Eek! <laughs> <laughs> you can great Google. Statue. You can Google a picture if you want. But it's a man, and there's one in Sioux Falls that's like a replica, and he isn't wearing any clothes, so he is in the nude. And so their sermon series graphic was a pair of socks and underwear on the statue of David. That's brilliant. And they had rented a couple of billboards across Sioux Falls. So then they had their sermon series advertised. And you'd pull up and you'd see the statue of David wearing underwear. It was hilarious. That's funny. It was a good series because they taught a bunch of stuff nobody really wanted to hear, but you needed to hear. And then it just had great advertising. I love that. That is good. So socks and underwear coming to you soon at Oasis. (laughs) Statue of David style. Or statue of Ben style. <laughs> Let's go. I ben will model. Socks it's not underwear. even a statue. Cool. It's just Ben. I'll model. I feel like I'm in. I'm in great shape right now. That's not true at all. Let's go. But uh, okay, where we want to go now is our actual series that we're going to start here this Sunday. It's going to run for four weeks. Um, it's called Framework, and maybe one of you two. I'll let you spitball it. it it's an idea that kind of came together together. Uh, but what would you say Framework the series is? Framework, the series, is a discipleship series. Oh, okay. <laughs> Short and sweet. Nothing else to add? Well, guys... No, I think I think you actually have to explain it because it, it, it's based off of what you feel like just God's been doing in your heart mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. what you felt, the vision, and I think just the word that God gave you for kickoff yeah. that, that I think drove this whole idea of this series. Yeah. Yeah, so last year as a staff, we studied a little bit of just some John Wesley stuff and how he he functioned in discipleship, and it started to give us some of these ideas and what it would look like to to have a series like that. And then, yeah, God gave me this, honestly, like a word from from Mark that we'll do on kickoff, and it started to form this series. And where we say framework, the sermon series graphic, which I think you'll see on Friday on our socials, is a picture of Jesus just in in a picture frame. And the idea is discipleship for us is being formed into the image of Christ for his glory and for the benefit of others. 
So in order to be discipled, we first need to understand in the frame like who Jesus is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why the picture is in the frame. So like the framework series is then everything that goes into following Jesus, being discipled, yeah. becoming the frame that supports and, and looks like him and, and all that encompasses that. So mm-hmm. framework, we're working on our frames, people, but it's not a physical <laughs> frame series, even though Ben is in the best shape of his life. It's not true, but it's close. <laughs> Anything else you want to add like about discipleship? Like is there things... You would say like, uh, I would say this is discipleship, and that's why this series is important. I mean, discipleship is is a call that mm. we have as Christians and as followers yeah. of Jesus. So it's one, yeah, like everyone goes right immediately to the Great yeah. Commission. Hey, go make disciples of all nations. But the reality is that like we are in that being formed as disciples. And a mm-hmm. disciple, especially in, in the Hebrew context, in the Israel context, literally meant someone who wanted to become like the rabbi. Yeah. They called yeah. it Talmud. And so it was literally someone who wanted to be like this teacher of the law, this holy man of God. And so Jesus comes as Messiah, as King, as Savior, as 100% God and 100% man, is the rabbi, which means teacher, for all people. He's the Savior of the world. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. So to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, is to say with our Everything we are, to even go to this idea of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, is everything within our being is, I want to be like my rabbi, my mm. teacher. So as a disciple of Jesus, like I'm saying, I'm calling myself, I'm doing everything I can to pursue being more and more like Jesus, mm-hmm. which is discipleship. And I think just that definition that Brennan talked about. And you see this in, in, in scripture all over, just this idea of what it looks like to, like what Jesus calls us to. And I, we'll get into some of this stuff, but <laughs> yeah. it just become more like Jesus. It's there. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's clear and there's a call to it and it's beautiful because it's for yeah. our benefit um really like god the things that we do as we become more mm-hmm. like jesus is good for us and like brennan said we do that for the glory of god but it it automatically has an outcome of benefiting other people yeah and it's a lifelong process yeah, good. Yeah. of all our life we're committing to to doing this to continuing to getting to know jesus i mean the disciples lived in community with jesus for three years doing every second of the day with him and they still didn't <laughs> yeah. always get it right so how much more do we need to continue to draw close to to christ and to continue to be formed into his image and so it's for all people at all times every age so good so this sermon series you're telling me is going to be timeless yes oh, you can come agreed. back i would agree with that True. every year we're going to if preach we, this ser- if same we teach sermon it well. series <laughs> if we don't teach it well i don't know if it'll so be if you tune in next year for our kickoff we'll be doing mark eight in the discipleship series called framework part two what's what's another word for framework change like thesaurus it's legit one of my favorite things to do but isn't discipleship, like, isn't it just, like, mentorship? Like, isn't it just, like, one-on-one, like, me? I meet with this person? Isn't that all discipleship is? Yeah, I think I, so much of it is, I think, just a lot of what we believe something to be is just based off of probably our personal experience. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge trend that has, that had happened over the last 20 years or so was this assumption that discipleship just and only happens on a one-on-one basis. Mm. And that's just not the reality. Uh, The call of discipleship that Jesus has given to us and one that we enter into by choice and hopefully again holistically is there's different moments and opportunities that we have through different relationships within and, and within the church and outside of the church to be in discipleship. Yeah. (laughs) I like how you said, and I would even add that. One, it's your personal experience, but it's also the language that you've talked about. It's like when we refer to discipleship, oftentimes we give 
the David and Jonathan or like that that one mentorship to mentee relationship which isn't wrong Mm -hmm. but it's not the only yeah yeah so when we do a series like this our whole idea is to expand your idea of discipleship to include a more holistic process that it's not just this one aspect it's not just this one thing we're asking or god's asking of you but it's kind of a whole plethora of stuff Mm -hmm. so we're going to break it down over this next however long it takes us to talk about this (laughs) to to do each of the four weeks and give you a little snippet of what that week will look like So week one, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be preaching this one. This is kickoff. This is this Sunday. Um, Be there. 6 p.m. food, 8 p.m. We got the service. Better come at 6 because I'm going to eat all the food if you're not there. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got plenty of food. Come come whenever. But uh, what we're preaching, I I, I said a little bit of this to the, what was the Sanctification Podcast? I talked a little bit about what I'm doing in kickoff. I don't know. Jeez, I don't remember which one. Anyways. Really, we're talking about... Like we're supposed to remember everything we say. <laughs> you guys don't listen to the podcast every day? I memorize it. I wake it's up. true. My alarm is the podcast. <laughs> My wife got on a kick again of listening to the Oasis podcast, and I apparently got in trouble for something I said during the Ooh. marriage one, oh. which is hilarious. <laughs> apparently, so I, mean, I have to share this just because it's so great. Apparently, I shouldn't have used the word consummation. I told oh, the why? people to yeah. Google carefully. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's healthy. It's what happens in marriage. Anyway. You're just oh, going to keep funny. saying it to make her uncomfortable. <laughs> she Love did you, send Abby. me a snap about it after yep. she listened yep. to it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that should be on. My, my wife has a list of words that are no ghosts. Like, oh, she's like, yeah. these are the eight words or so that like, and anytime she'll say it in front of my little brother, like he's like, I'm going to put them all on a sentence. <laughs> it's hilarious. But that's middle She'd school, make like it? a, like a cross-stitch pillow with all the words on it. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be so Allie, funny. Allie, listen to this one. You're getting after Christmas. Okay, week one. We're talking about who is Jesus. What does he do and how do I follow him? It's zoning in, not just on the frame, but the very image of Jesus. So who is this guy that as Christians we claim to follow? Like the word Christian means little Christ. Like I am becoming this person. Who is he? And not only who is he, but what has he done? Like what, why, what makes him so important? Why do two billion plus people across the world claim to be Christians? Like why should I care about what he did and, and how does that impact me which transitions to that third idea is, okay, if we understand who Jesus is and what he's done, that prompts us to action. That's the only correct response to those first two questions. If we truly believe that what the Bible is telling us is truth, if we truly believe the experience of the church is truth, then like our action must be to follow him. And so then you walk out, how do, how do I do that? And in Mark 8, I mean, it's so beautiful. Only God can do this, the way he orchestrates those points. And he shows us not only through our own experience, but through Peter's experience and through the disciples, how they didn't get it and how that that broke their relationship. So that's where we're going to start. In order to be a Christian, you need to know what that means and you need to know what that looks like. Yeah. So week two. Well, and then even the next three weeks, we're going to go through a breakdown of what came from different ideas of what John Wesley did when he basically did discipleship mm-hmm. uh, through mm-hmm. the movement of the Methodist the Methodist movement uh, in the late 1700s. And we're going to start with me in the second week being able to talk about this idea of, okay, what does private discipleship look like? And so I'll just say, so we're going to do private discipleship, personal and communal discipleship, and then corporate congregational. And this is, it brings in this holistic idea that every opportunity moment within the church and outside the church in our relationships is a discipleship moment and opportunity. Discipleship moment being again, and I just think it's just bearing, repeating, becoming more like being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others and the glory of God. Like get that, like that is discipleship, conformed to the image of Christ sake of others in the glory or for the glory of God and the sake of others. Um, so I get to talk about private discipleship and you see, this is this idea of 
an intimate relationship between you and God. And when I say God, between you and the Father, you and the Son, who is Jesus, our King and Savior, and you and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There's intimacy. There's relationship. Revelation 3.20, behold, Jesus saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me relationship, mm-hmm. sitting down, being with John 17, three, Jesus prays this prayer in front of his, he literally is having a conversation <laughs> with the disciples and then goes immediately into praying. Which would be which so is, awkward. I, love it. Yeah. No, I had a guy who discipled me who did this. We'd be in a meeting and we'd be just talking. And, and sometimes it was a form like the scheduled discipleship meeting that I have with him. And sometimes it's like, I just went to his office to see what's going on yeah. and we'd be talking about stuff and he'd just go into prayer. <laughs> And, and it took me a year to get used to it, but I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah. just, he literally was just more like, the prayer was yeah. that important. Prayer, so he did it. Prayer without ceasing. There you go. So yeah. Yep. And so John 17, he talks about this idea. Well, what is eternal life? That you know the one true God mm. and who Jesus, who you sent, which is Jesus. And so this idea of intimate relationship, and I love the word intimate, mm. so I'm going to talk about intimate <laughs> a lot. And what does that look like? It's Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. It's one-on-one between you and God, Father, Mm -hmm. Son, and Holy Spirit. It's pursuing the disciplines of prayer and study and silence and solitude and individual worship through Mm -hmm. music, through reading scripture, through a lot of different ways. But it's what does that relationship look like as you allow yourself to be discipled by the ultimate discipler, who Mm -hmm. is God, Mm -hmm. and it's getting alone with him. That's good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna, you want to chat a little three? bit about week three? Yeah, so week three, we'll take another step into it and look at the personal and the communal aspects of relationships. So Ben talked about the private, that's yourself and God. <sighs> Taking the next step is personal, where you've invited select few other people into that. Um, and these are people that you have deep relationship with. There's vulnerability, accountability. There's really nothing in your life that's off limits to them um, and vice versa. So this can be those one-on-one relationships. This can be a small group, or I think Wesley used the language of bands, mm-hmm. um, so deep intimate groups um, for personal. And then taking a, another step out, widening the circle a little bit is communal. And this invites people within the church. So this is your church small group. This is uh, maybe a life group you have through the church. This is a larger group of friends that you have that go to church. But um, again, widening that circle, just inviting more people into it. This maybe isn't quite as in-depth as um, those personal relationships. So your small group, you're probably not going to get into your deepest, darkest sins in the world, Mm -hmm. but these are still people who are walking alongside you, growing in faith, and you're doing the same for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So personal, communal, that's week three, um, and then week four. Okay, before we get to week four, let me ask you this. How does Oasis provide opportunity <laughs> for people to experience personal and communal discipleship? Uh, in case you didn't know, if you follow our, our socials, uh, we just put out that we have 21 different small groups yeah. starting up yeah. next week. Let's go sign up. Uh, there's plenty of days, plenty of times. There's no reason, and I, this is oh, yeah. Brennan's language, no reason you shouldn't <laughs> be involved in a part of a small group. Zero. Zero. If you got a reason, <laughs> you come tell me, and I'll make sure that we can fix the we'll, reason. We will find... <laughs> we will. We will get you into something. Yeah. <laughs> that was a we will scary. force you to go to things. <laughs> Just kidding. That's aggressive. I apologize. <laughs> I repent. I confess. Um, so there's that. We have never really, outside of within our leadership team, we don't provide necessarily personal mm-hmm. groups. And you can talk about that a little bit, we'll, but we'll talk through it. We'll talk about what that looks like and what that means. And it's not something... I'm not going to say it's not something for everyone. We believe everyone can benefit and should be a part of this in some aspect of their life, but it, there's a huge relational component to it. Yeah. The beauty of what I think 
our small groups provide is they provide a pathway to personal. That's good. Yeah. So you step into communal and you say, hey, with this group of five to 30, some of our groups get really, <laughs> they become not small groups. They're yeah. like large they're churches. Groups. <laughs> no, I mean, they're churches. Yeah. Almost. So like in those groups, you step into communal and you're studying the word together or you're watching sermons together and you're just doing life and you're enjoying and getting to know each some people in there. You can find a couple yeah. people mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you know what? I feel like we connect. Like, I feel like we see life kind of similar and we've got similar personalities and and whatever. And then you take that extra step to step into personal and you say, would you like to get coffee? Yep. Like, would you like to take uh, just an opportunity to hang out on a Friday night or on a Saturday? And then that becomes the, the depth of friendship that some people are really looking for. But yeah. it doesn't just happen. It's it's take that extra step. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a doorway into that you now get to walk and experience something that could be personal. Yep. It's so. yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Intimate, relational, vulnerable. That personal group mm-hmm. yeah. where the communal group is something that you've probably experienced if you've been a part of the small group Bible study. It's not like Jana said gonna go into depth it, relationally. Mm-hmm. Probably should not always. Actually, sometimes not always. sometimes it can. Well, yeah. 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 Sometimes it can. And that, that and and to put uh, it's hard to put numbers on things. It just mm-hmm. is. Ideally, you'd have that personal group be a three to five, or that can be the one-on-one mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. someone else. But there it's like, okay, it's the accountability. It's like, hey, how are we praying yeah. for each other? How are we encouraging each other? How are we challenging each other? Mm-hmm. Um, but the communal is like, hey, let's come. Let's let's grow in faith. Let's yeah. be in community. Let's encourage one another. Let's, yeah. 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 Okay, I want to give you a little final church history, then we'll move on to week four. So we've, we've talked about John Wesley. Li- <laughs> we've talked about John Wesley a little bit here today. Um, and, and in... This series, he's going to play a role in how we craft it. So John Wesley, when he set up the Methodist movement, which was what eventually came to be the Wesleyan Church, along with a couple other denominations, because <laughs> Christianity can't always figure it out. But when he started his thing, he had these he had bands, classes, and societies. That was the language he used. Bands were those groups of three to five. Societies were small groups. It was eight to fifteen. And our classes were those small groups, it was 8 to 15. And societies were their corporate congregation where they would all come together. So in order to come to what was the society, the big gathering on Sundays where you would all worship and pray together, like when you would do that, in order to come, you had to get a ticket that you were a part of a class first. Like just think about that. For you to come, so like if it were going to be in our context, for you to come to Oasis on Sunday night, you would have to show at the door that you have a ticket that you're first involved in a small group. That's how important and and how much he emphasized this communal aspect of discipleship. It's like if you're not willing to participate in a group like that, then you're not you're not able to come participate in our corporate like gathering of believers, which is probably a bit intense um, and mm-hmm. not something we look to do. But I I love that it puts the emphasis on how important small yeah. groups can be. And, and, yeah, it sounds aggressive. Yeah. But John sure. Wesley knew that the societies could not be the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knew that you just coming to this gathering, whether it was weekly or monthly, was not going to be enough for you to grow into the person that God had created you to be. To bring those discipleship components to become be, to be conformed to the image of Christ for the glory of God and the sake of others. And so, yeah, he was aggressive with it, but it worked. People grew, transformation yeah. happened, mm-hmm. like a, literally mm-hmm. a movement happened. George Whitefeld, who was a, a preacher with John Wesley at the same time, uh, George would get the same amount of like numbers that John Wesley would get in these societies, in these big, big gatherings. But at the end of his life, he said, the thing I didn't do well is what John Wesley did well in creating these classes and societies, creating the structure of people to be accountable to one another. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool. So, so week four, it's going to be the last week of the series and still up in the air on who necessarily will teach it. <laughs> 
but it's going to be all about corporate and congregational. It's that aspect of discipleship where we come together as one body and we worship and we praise and we learn and we pray and we do all of that together. So for most of us, it looks like Sunday mornings, maybe here at Grace Point, or it looks like Oasis on Sunday nights or wherever you go to church back at home or wherever you go to like like youth group. Those become the corporate, communal, congregational, um, or the corporate congregational, not communal, sorry, I'm using too many C's here, (laughs) moments of discipleship, where when the pastor's teaching, I'm being formed into the image of Christ for the glory of God and the good of Mm -hmm. others. When we're worshiping and singing and and, and praising God through the songs, I'm being formed into the image of God, into the image of Christ for the glory of God and the good of others. Like, that's what's happening in those moments. Mm -hmm. So, beyond that, what's another way that corporate becomes discipleship for people? Well, yeah, I think. Or if you had something. Well, else I just that. I think this is the one that people don't understand. When you come on Sunday morning or Sunday night, is a discipleship moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the easiest one to to not recognize. God wants to do something now, because I think some of it is on how the church is operated and how we can create it to be so consumeristic. Mm-hmm. It's so then in my even in my mind, and I've wrestled with this and had temptations of like, well, if if they play a song that's 10 years old, I'm going to like, this is annoying. Why are you playing a song that's this old? And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not entered into a moment of being conformed to the image of Christ, of, of allowing mm. God to move. It doesn't matter the, the song. To, like I've had to learn this and grow into this and like be challenged by this and, and, and be called out in this thinking. But it's the corporate congregational moment is so beautiful. And it's, it's there's something when the body gathers together. People say, well, you'll hear him say a lot of times, it's my favorite moment. Um, but I still don't know if there's an intentionality in us of like, hey, mm-hmm. am I preparing for this to be a discipleship yeah. moment? Mm. And it can be, and it's beautiful. So which is why it's oh, a part yeah. of this. So just, it's just so good. Mm. Yeah. Jaina, anything to add as a worship pastor talking about <laughs> worship? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not all. There, there's another level, I think, to corporate and congregational discipleship that, that not that you just come and, and be the consumer, be the disciple is that yeah. the right word? Disi- sure. The person who is discipled. But then at also some point you step back to yeah. be a person who disciples others. Sure. So that's through how you serve if you get involved in other ministries and kids or youth or greeting or making coffee or, or whatever your church offers. Um, and you take that step back to say, now I'm going to invest in this and give back to it and, and disciple others in the process of yeah. still being a disciple yourself. Yep. But So if one was to ask... Does Oasis provide an opportunity <laughs> for you to also serve and be a discipler a lot in of our congregation plugs today? <laughs> yes, so we have Oasis. Wow, that's incredible! <laughs> it's almost like you knew that was the happening. <laughs> yes, so Oasis, we have a ministry team um, of just people who want to get involved, invested, want to serve, be a part of making Oasis what it is. So you can serve through uh, Sunday night roles and responsibilities. Those are the people who greet you at the door or help set up snack or sell merch or uh, just are present that coffee, night yeah. to make coffee, any of those things. Any of the things you see happening on Sunday night are because our ministry team and our leaders make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also you can help with events, putting those things on, giving insight to those. You can help through leading a small group, um, co-leading with somebody else, um, and then also through the Oasis Creative Arts team, which is worship and tech. So those are the ways <clears throat> for Oasis that you can jump in and Man, serve. Man, I would love to get involved. That yeah. sounds like a great time. Would you like to know how to get involved, Brennan? <laughs> you can sign up for the ministry team. At gpw.church oh. backslash ministry. Team. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That was <laughs> the ultimate plug. That was great. 
at the end of this. So we've done four weeks. People have heard. They get all these different aspects. There's all these different pieces. We give them a thousand different takeaways or like application points. And what sometimes it feels like a lot. Like, you know, for some people coming to Oasis on Sunday nights is just like, that's all they got. You know, like I don't even make it Sunday morning. Like, nevertheless, do I have time to pick up my Bible throughout the week and privately follow God? Like, do we need every aspect of this? And if we do, then what do we lose by missing some of it? Yeah. 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 I think we, I think the ideal thing is for every follower of Jesus, every disciple of Jesus to have every aspect of discipleship, the process of discipleship in their life. Um, the private, obviously, like how do you as a follower of Jesus be a follower of Jesus without the intimate relationship with with God? Mm-hmm. Um, the communal is easier. I should say the congregational is easier because you just show up to, to church, but it's still having the, the purpose of heart and intentionality. Um, the small group is that next step. You, this is just the, like usually the next steps of how people go about being involved in stuff. The hardest one in my mind is the personal. One, because either we haven't modeled it well and we don't just in- continue like keep encouraging people to pursue those accountable relationships and those intimate relationships with other people and challenging each other and encouraging one another and praying for each other. Um, I think every every aspect of that is important and necessary for the believer. There's a reality that there are certain aspects and seasons of life where it looks different. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you don't pursue them. I'd say be okay with it looking different. So when I was in college... I had a personal accountable group every week where we met. Now that for personal for me now looks like once a month because mm-hmm. we I can't meet weekly. It's mm-hmm. not possible. It just isn't. Where congregational is weekly, right? I mean, communal small group, I show up to small group weekly, private mm-hmm. every day. Um, but it just, it looks different based on seasonal life. I don't not have it. it. I just, I recognize I need to, I'm still pursuing it and being intentional and purposeful mm-hmm. with it. It just looks mm-hmm. different based off seasonal life. That's good. Jen, any thoughts to add yeah. there? I think that when you look at this from an outside view, like Brennan said, it looks daunting. Like, yeah, oh, this is. is a lot of stuff I have to give time to. But once you get into it, once this That's becomes it. a habit of your life, once you see the fruit and benefit that comes out of each one of these um, discipleship spheres, like you want it and you want more of it and you'll prioritize it and you'll find time for it. And so like start where you need to start and commit to it and commit intentionally within your soul too. And I think the fruit will come. Mm, So good. So what do we hope to gain from a series like this? Like at the end of it, if people attend all four weeks, they've listened to the podcast, they're actually like, what do we hope happens? Yeah, for I mean, there's, I have a specific one. Okay. Because I think we've already been on a great trend in the last few years um, of like, we've seen how our small groups have operated and it's insane. Yeah. It just is. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. So, driven. so I still think it's going to just, that's going to go off. One, you got, y'all are in a season of life where just community, you want it, desire yeah. it, we, and we want that. And there's a little more freedom of time, usually with college students and young adults, to be able to do that. In my mind, it's to see a break off, like you talked about, from the communal to, or yeah, the the, the communal to the personal, hmm. mm-hmm. of to be able to see, and not that we have to drive, and I don't think we should drive it. I don't like we are we can't be a part of forcing these personal accountable like groups mm-hmm. to happen. But all of a sudden, it's because there's an intentional one to continue to pursue Jesus. Is all of a sudden we're hearing about these different groups meeting. It's all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's, man, hey, y'all hear about that group. Like those, those group of three gals who were meeting at Cotton every Thursday at nine. Like mm-hmm. that happened last year. Yeah. I didn't, we didn't like start that, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was something that they knew they needed in their life. And so I think just that to me is 
and honestly, like once you get in a part of a group like that and you're part of you, you see growth, mm-hmm. you see transformation in your life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That to me is going to be exciting. I think God's going to do some really cool things in that area mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. and in this, in this ministry. Yeah. For me, I would say like if we return to our definition of discipleship, which maybe by the end of this podcast, you have memorized with us. <laughs> so say it with me. It's being conformed into the image of Jesus for the glory mm-hmm. of God and for the goodness of people. And, and so in that, like, I hope we return back to the roots of that. And at the mm. end of the series, we look like more Jesus. like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But looking more like Jesus means loving Jesus more. Mm. You know, like when I've understood in that first week what who he is and what he's done, like, I hope we love him more. When I've followed him privately and I've done the work to, to meet him every day, I hope we love him more. When I get with other people who are also privately following Jesus and together we, we communally and personally, we follow Jesus. I hope we love him more. Yeah. And as we worship and we praise, all of that feeds into that moment. And you get a bunch of people who love Jesus. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is powerful. Yeah. That's an, there's an energy. There, there's something about that, that at the end of this four weeks, I hope we just like, man, this congregation loves Jesus. So that's my dream. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah I don't have anything else. Right. Ah, that was so good. Yeah, good. <laughs> cool. Well, that's, good. that's it. Boom. We'll see you Sunday night at kickoff and the next three weeks after that. If you ever miss a week, they'll be here on the podcast labeled under the messages, or you can find it on YouTube. But thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.